Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Project Egg Show. I'm your host, Ben Gothard, and today we have the honor of speaking to Amy Tarek. How are you doing today, Amy? I'm fantastic, thank you. Thank you for having me, buddy. Oh, well, thank you for carving out the time to be here. I'm so excited because I really want to ask you, what is your story? So I was born and raised in London. And um, I grew up in London, actually, until I was about 21. At the age of 19, I lost my mom. At the age of 20, my dad was assassinated. And I basically had nothing to do um, after my college degree. So I didn't know what to do. And I went to get a job, um, like most people do. I quit within the first four hours. After that, um, I had to sit down. I had some savings in my bank account from what I saved over the years from working was at college and I was like, okay, I got back, it was left to live on. Cause London very, very expensive as well. So I said, okay, I need to find a way to make money if I want to work on myself. Whilst I work on going towards medical school in the United States, which I want to go to Harvard. So with that, I am um, starting a tutoring company, helping people go from U grade to A grade. And then I also went into real estate using my connection network to help them get the money that they needed from other places and then help them flip the deal and I get percentages of the money made. And with that, I made enough money to go toward um, the United States to live in the, um, also go to medical school. Because unlike, um, if I'm an international student, you can't get a scholarship for the United States medical school. Mm. So I had to basically pay like 400,000 up front. Wow. So with that, I got into Harvard and I dropped out <laughs> before I started term. Or the school. I decided to go a different direction entirely. And I moved over to the United States to be with my wife in Indiana. And then from there, I lost all my funding in real estate, lost everything at the UK crashed. So I had no way to make money in the United States. And I already sold everything up in the UK after losing a lot of money in the UK. With no way to go back, and burnt, my bridges were burnt, I said, okay, what can I do? So I went and paid 50 grand to Bob Potter to learn one on one how to do things then he made me buy other things as well as other events with him so i paid like 60 grand out in the first week of moving to the united states to be with him to learn off him then i am um, investing more in how to do marketing business and the rest is all history it's the same well what is the history well it's like i basically wrote my book i um got myself into national tv and i grew my agency then i started acquiring companies because it made more sense to me what do you mean it made more sense well, basically, it's a lot easier to take a company that's already making seven figures and implement the marketing to scale it to eight figures than it is to take a company from zero to seven figures. So what are you doing now? What's your biggest focus? Buying companies up right now. And I have to buy traditional companies that need a lot of internet marketing, but no one uses it well. That's awesome. Yeah. So through that whole experience, it seems like the major turning point was investing in the education with Bob Proctor and, and investing in, in that relationship. In yourself, investing in yourself in your relationships is the most important thing you can do. At the end of the day, I always believe you have new skills, you can always recoup. If marketing went down tomorrow, I still got new skills I can always recover from and make money on. For example, I learned cybersecurity um, in the next month. I know I said that before, but I'm actually learning it. I've already bought the training and committed to it. What it is, is if I learn new skills, I have new ways to always recover. If the economy crashes, I have new ways to build businesses. I have new ways to move countries even when we start. 
I create opportunities for myself. Having money today does not mean you have the money to tomorrow. So what exactly did you learn when you were with Bob Proctor? Like what, cause I feel like most people do not ever have that experience of working one-on-one with Bob Proctor. So what was that actually like? It was a very interesting. So the first conversation I ever had with Bob was this. He said to me, do you know the meaning of your name, Tarek? I'm like, no. So he told me about the story of Gibraltar. And the story of Gibraltar was about burning the boats. And um, when he burned the boats, he basically conquered the island. And he basically said that Gibraltar is actually a translation. He told me to look it up while I was on the phone with him. And it actually means um, the mountain of Tarek. And it's about a Moroccan general who conquered it. And then that was my first conversation with Bob. And then afterwards, what he taught me was really focus on your mind and changing your life. The words can change your life. Every word you say to others or the words you say to yourself is what's going to change the way you make money and the way you perceive yourself and everything else. It's really much a mindset. I mean, even ideas. For example, he told me a lot of people love receiving gifts. So you need to direct mail. Rather than give a lumpy mail like everyone else, give them a FedEx. So he was really focused on changing your mindset and paying and attention to your words. A way to approach people in business and a way to approach business. It was think, teaching me how to think differently. So what specifically was the, the part that was different from what most people think? I know we talked about a little bit of it, but like that approach to business, how to approach people, like what was really well, the secret? What it was there? is he was telling me, look, the greatest skill is the ability to understand what people want and need. And if you could teach them how to put the story across with the right words, what they want to need, they will want to work with you. Trust is everything as well. It's the currency. So then you figured out how to figure out basically what people want to need, and then you started delivering that. Yes, and Bob put me in touch with the right people as well to make me very, very proficient at it. So was it more of like you wanted to connect with the right people to ask them the right questions or was it like a series of books that you read? Like what was, was the both. process of? It was both. I used to read at one point. I don't, to the, nowadays I've read enough. I don't need to, but I used to read about three to four books a day minimum. And on the weekends I read 20, 30 books a weekend. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that the knowledge is power when you understand how to connect the dots. A lot of people say knowledge about action is not um, is useless. But I think knowledge is you understand how to structure correctly like a puzzle, then you can actually get the win. Like a lot of people give you knowledge, you can apply the knowledge, but you're not gonna get the results. It's about having the right knowledge and learning how to make things work better. For example, I personally am not a big fan of Grant Cardone's sales system. I think the guy is brilliant at real estate. If you wanna learn from Grant Cardone, go and learn real estate off him. Don't learn sales off him. Right, and his sales thing is too aggressive in my opinion. And a lot of people you see all the marketers such as the Sam Ovens and Ty Lopez and all these other gurus, the pitches that they give people, everyone uses it, it spams it out and it dies. What I do is very different. I focus on finding ways to make it personalized and build relationships. Hmm. And how do you do that? Well, I always say there's a law um, called contrasting, right? And familiarity. Most people, even myself, we you go to school, been to school, um, you know that we get graded. Right? I always grade what they're doing on a from A to A F grade. And I basically give them a grade where I can and then I show them the actual grade legitimately, and then I show them why I'm not an A. And then I contrast it to what the competitors are doing better. 
And that way I can now create a gap between it. And then obviously we need this help. So you're showing them, this is where you are. This is where your competitors are. Here's the plan to get there. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. And so how do you build the relationship through that methodology? Well, basically, a lot of people also, um, the common method is in LinkedIn even. I'll actually boil LinkedIn for a bit. But they send articles to people where I think would be relevant. What I like to do personally is say to someone, hey, um, just out of curiosity, will this be of interest to you? Because once they request it and say, yes, this is of interest, now it changes the dynamic of the relationship. It's not me just sending it, they have actually requested it. It changes that relationship very quickly. For example, just out of curiosity, would you like a copy of my number one best-selling book? People say, yes, we would love to see it. It changes that. It me to send it to them. So you want to get the opt-in from them so they have taken Commit- some sort of commitment. Yeah, I want a permission from them and a commitment. Hmm. That's interesting. So let's say you're, you're establishing a new relationship with a prospect or a customer or a, a person, a human being. You ask them for permission to send them something that they that they want or that you believe that they want to need, and with what you send them, is that then contrasting it for them, or do you contrast as part of your ask? I um, will send it to them first and get the permission, and then I will follow up for, with a contrasting way a question. For example, if you're doing like yes, your world or AdWords. Um, I would say, look, this is what your competitors are doing and why they're getting X result while you're getting um, this. Even though your reviews suggest that you are better than them, it's not coming across to the people um, on Google, sake of argument. Or if I'm talking about politicians or billionaires even, what it comes down to is this, is what do they want? Everyone wants to feel validated and I'm contrasting how I can make them feel validated for those couple more minutes. So I might get them introduction to certain podcasts or I might introduce them to my connections in the media or I might just do it myself in the media. Hmm. And it opens a door enough to make them feel validated because everyone seeks validation. Right. So you open the door to where they can feel more validated through taking the next step with you. Like how do you, how do you create that next step do you create the next step? For, like, do you basically create from the end and then build back up? Or do you like, like how exactly do you yeah, structure so the I whole? The escape and arrival framework. I always say every single person I know, I haven't found anyone with an exception yet, wants to escape from something and arrive somewhere else. And that's not necessarily the same thing. Some people want to escape from their jobs to six figures. Others want to escape from six figures to seven figures. Well, all the way up to billions. Others want to escape from bad marriages or... Um, What's it called? The form of drug addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever. Bad health, lack of sleep, insomnia, whatever. They want to arrive somewhere. And when I do enough research, I call it social recon, if you understand what people are looking or struggling with, you need to converse with them. In that, or after you've got the opportunity with them, you can find out what they are lacking in their life. Then you can map out the steps in order to get to where they want to get to. And now you might need to introduce other people to help them get there. That's fine. I'm not looking to be the only solution. I'm looking to be the asset. Hmm. So you want to be an asset to them, like a resource for them to where, to where they can, I mean, but are you trying to get them to like build on top of what you've created? Are you trying to get them to to purchase something from you? Like, what are you trying to get them to do? Sometimes I 
go in with a purpose that's wanting to learn from them. Other times I want introductions to other people. Other times I want them to purchase from me. Other times I might even want to buy from them, but I don't trust them entirely yet. And I think relationships is the fastest way to know how things work. Hmm. So what are you, you were saying everybody is looking to escape from something. What are you looking to escape from? I always looking to escape from um, having my time wasted. I want a better team, better efficiency. That's what I always come to escape from. How to become way more efficient than all areas of life. And so what are you, like, what are the inefficiencies that exist in your life currently? Well, right now I'm going through a um, thing with the employees I have. I'm looking to change some of them up because the way I want things done, it's not going fast as I want it to do. Or even strategic partnerships that I have. I have some strategic partnerships that um, potentially could make me something bigger that could completely bust. But it take a lot of time to get these deals some, um, through sometimes. And I'm like, it's not really a good use of my time because you guys are not moving in a simple instructions that need to be done. Hmm. So you're looking to basically upgrade the people that you're working with. Always. I always look for that. It so, doesn't matter what level anyone's at, I always believe it can be upgrades. And you got to look for those upgrades. And sometimes you, don't, you might not find it for a while. You got to be patient. So how do you identify like who you exactly want to be on your team or work with? When I look at who I want to hire, I look for the role and I look for the goals and I look to see, I'll give them a trial period first. I'm like, look, can you guys deliver upon what I want delivered? If you can, then we can work together long enough and we'll see how you progress. Because a lot of people can interview well, but they don't necessarily actually deliver. So when you so you ask them to to deliver something and obviously based on that then you decide okay either i want to move forward with this person or not do you then work to try to develop them and try to help bring them up or are you just focused on okay now i need to go find the next person um depends on the role if there's more higher up roles like project managers then yes if there's someone more simple tasks not so much because my time isn't in the value to train up every single person so what's your end goal? Like, it seems like right now you're acquiring companies, you're getting more efficient, you're building things. It seems like you're, you're still trying to learn and, and better yourself. Like, what's the end goal? What are you really trying to accomplish? My end goal is to, how do I put it? In a, honestly, um, is to become completely free and independent of any economy. I want to be able to build wealth that's sustainable. I'm not I w- yes, I wouldn't want to be a billionaire yet, but it's not like the end goal for me. It'd be nice to have. For me, it's having millions in different cities and countries where regardless of what happens to the economies all over the world, it doesn't matter. I still can have multi-generational wealth set for my future generations in every different type of economy. Why is that important to you? Because I know what it feels like when you lose everything. When my dad um, was assassinated, I lost everything. And I, it was all fun having it was to live on money and not know what how to do. So at this point, it's like almost mitigating your risk to the point where you never have to go back and feel that pain that you felt before. Yeah, exactly. I don't want my kids that I want to have down the line to face that risk either. At the end of the day, I seen I had funds go from 100 million down to bankruptcy. Right? Money in your bank it doesn't mean you're going to have the money tomorrow. But if I can put into investments all over the world that can sustain it and keep paying income, how much do you actually need to live on and to live a good lifestyle? The lifestyle can't change after a certain point that much. 
The only thing you can really do is like, okay, I, I can buy a Tom Ford instead of Burberry. I can go on a private yacht for 100 million versus a 10 million yacht. It's not going to change that much. Right. To me, I'd rather have wealth in the cash in the bank, not, I don't care about that worth. And I want that cash all over the world where it doesn't matter. If America goes to shit, it's fine. If England goes to crap, it's fine. Wherever goes to crap, it doesn't matter because I still can have one place where I can keep my money and live the same lifestyle I want. Hmm. So when you wake up every day, what is that? Like, how do you actively go about doing that? I mean, I know, I know we talked about like some of the things that you do and, and what you're focused on, like buying and, and building companies, but like, what does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis for you? So typically I got between 5 and 6 a.m. And I'll spend about an hour on myself, writing out goals, gratitude, clear up my mind, um, hydrating myself. I don't like to do exercise in the morning because when I exercise, I get really freaking tired afterwards. I can't focus for four hours. But the first four hours of the day, I want to rock out and think and get ahead of everybody. By 10 o'clock, I should be ahead of everybody else and complete my, some of the most important tasks of my day and have the systems running and then just evaluating the data from that point. Hmm. And taking calls. So when you're working on yourself and like, what does that process look like for you? For when I work on myself, what I like to do is when I do journal or reflection, as we call it, I like to see where, where um, so my background also is in molecular medicine and biochemistry. Now, I love chemistry. That's my obsession um, in the science field. There's something called the reactions. And when you've got the reactions, equations, I always say you've got like hydrogen plus oxygen will go to water or hydrogen peroxide, whichever way you want to go. With that though, if you have to say 10 oxygens and you have five or four hydrogens, you're not going to be able to use all the oxygen to create the maximum amount of water. So they're called limiting factor. And humans are multidimensional. We're spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional beings. That means I want to, what I do, I don't go a series of seven weeks. I work in one area of my life for seven weeks. Hmm. And I want to improve that and reflect and see how I've improved it. And then what is holding me back in the, in the other places? And then the thing that's holding me back the most is the one I fix for next. And how do you actually gauge which one is holding you back the most? Well, I base it on my goals what is, um, and the struggles I have. Because when I start looking at, this is my struggle, why did I, this struggle come about? Is it because I wasn't being disciplined enough? Or is it because I was going through a hard time emotionally? Is it because I wasn't doing self-care? Or is it because I was um, eating badly? Or not exercising, whatever it is. So you're spending seven weeks at a time working on one particular facet oh, and then, right and then at the end of that you're like okay you do an analysis and you're like all right well which one am i struggling with the most at this point and then you tackle that one next so it almost seems like it's like a looping uh, a looping cycle that you kind of go through and like shore up each one and then you're making progress like here and here and here and here and, here, and then you go back and you keep like bringing the whole system up yeah, you got to bring the whole system because you can move everything else, but eventually something's going to hold you back. Whether it's a mental block, or whether it's an emotional block, or whether it's a physical block, because your energy can't hold it. Whatever it is, something is going to hold you back. So when you can really move everything as a whole, we got holistic beings, now you can start moving in congruence with the universe. The universe is all about harmony, really. People ask me about work-life balance. There is no work-life balance. It's work-life harmony. And where I built my life and my goals is this. I created my own goal system. So as I said, um, so after my dad died, I basically um, said, okay, 
I need to create a, a new way of living because I gave up believing in God completely at that point. With that in mind, what happened was I said, okay, um, how do I prove evolution's right? I came full circle. And what happened was when I'm looking at chemistry and the rainbow, the rainbow has seven spectrums of light. And then if you look at the atom, we have seven electron cells around the nucleus of the atom. And then if you look at photons in quantum physics, we have seven copies of every single photon, meaning there's seven parallel dimensions. So when I started looking at that, when I started looking at religion, where it says the seven sins, the seven heavens, and if you look at energy and the laws of thermodynamics, it goes, when you look at religion, it says Moses saw God, or allegedly saw God, and it was a um, burning bush, and he heard God and spoke to God, which was sound, light, and fire, versus heat, energy, sound, and light. And you look at the attributes of God and the attributes of energy. My own personal belief is this. God is energy because energy can't be created and can't be destroyed. It's just everywhere at once because it's take on any shape or any form. That's the same attribute as a God. So with that in mind, I said, okay, nature is seven and so is religion. Why not create seven goals? One for each area of our life. Business, income, passive income, um, mental relationships, philanthropy. I can't remember the one now, top of my head. But what I do is I take each of the seven goals and break them into seven outcomes. Seven things are going to happen to make a goal a reality. Once that's done, I break them into seven steps. So you've got 49 steps per goal. One step a day from each of your seven goals, and you hit, um, in 49 days, you'll hit your goals. Hmm. So it seems like you looked into every aspect of life and you're trying to break down like what is the most what is the most essential steps to accomplish this piece? And this piece is an essential step of the bigger piece, which overall will help you achieve the that goal bigger one, goal. Yeah, in 49 days. Because life is nothing but patterns and systems. Hmm. I think it's patterns and systems. So when you understand how to create patterns and systems, you can build your life. I don't, I say I use goals, it's really what I focus on building systems to achieve my goals. And so are these things that it seems like you you hold these beliefs and you and you practice these daily and it's a very integral part of your life. Was this part of what Bob Proctor was was uh, working with you on or did you develop this? Uh, this? I developed this about 18 months after Bob Proctor. So when I moved from Indiana to Florida, and I started hanging around. So my life changed from. Indiana, once I moved to Florida, in the first week I started meeting many people with a lot of money. I'm talking about billions and nine figures. Within no time, I don't know how, it just, I just started reaching out to these people. We started connecting with meeting, and I started thinking about life differently in this way. They approached life. I started taking their patterns and systems. I wrote down what they were doing, how they built their routines and their lives, and how I could take the patterns and improve it. Because I believe in life, it comes from the 1% improvement. If you can create 1% improvement every day, you'll go everywhere you want. It's compounding. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of improvement over the course of a year and a lifetime. Exactly. So, uh, by the way, I am absolutely a proponent of the, the constant improvement, you know, getting, getting better every single day. And I think about this in my own life. How do you quantify that 1%? Like, how do you actually measure like, okay, today I got 1% better check how do you actually identify that 
Well, other than asking, what I look at is more of a spectrum. Have I gone towards where I want to go? And am I growing in each state? Because here's the thing, a lot of people say, I hope things get easier for you. I'm not, I don't want things to get easier. I want to get stronger. When they, right, there's a difference between pain and suffering. Pain, we have to go through. Suffering is a choice. It's a mental choice. You can experience a lot of pain, but you don't have to suffer. You suffer because you choose to suffer. I don't choose to suffer. I choose to learn from the pain and learn how to respond and get better. To me, if I can overcome obstacles, I guess that's the way I'll quantify if I am getting better. Am I overcoming these patterns of um, the problem that keeps showing up? I personally believe and a proponent of that the universe will keep teaching you the lessons until you learn the lesson. And if I can dissolve these lessons, then I know that I've gone. How do you make sure you're listening? That's why lesson reflects a lot. Reflection is everything, in my opinion. Stillness is the key in them, um, as the Van Holiday says in his book, new book, actually. Um, I like to reflect and look, okay, what have I done wrong or what have I done right? And what lessons am I learning? What pains am I going through? I believe there's more to be learned in the pain than there is to be learned in the good. I think so too. I mean, it, it really is life's way of saying, hey, this is the thing that you're missing or this is the thing you're not doing right. You might want to fix it. That's fascinating. So as you're going about and you're, you know, you're, you're, growing and you're working on yourself what questions do you have about yourself at this point question about myself is um what actually makes me happy at the end of all of this once i achieve it what will actually make me happy and i think it comes to understanding human needs and i'm trying to understand what would actually make me happy i haven't found the answer yet hmm. so are you not happy I am, but there's a difference between happy and um, deep bliss. You see, me, some people have such happiness, really radiant happiness. But me, I, maybe because I'm just the way I've gone at the speed I'm going at, I'm quite stressed half the time as well. Most people don't realize. When I'm dealing with, um, I've got deals right now I'm working on, potentially one of the deals I'm working on is about um, a $3 billion deal. I'm going to lose a lot of pressure and stress to get this fucking um, through and working. If not, it's not going to kill me or anything, but still, it's going to take me longer to get towards my goals. And I want, to, and I think it's the unknown is that really stresses people. So I, yes, I am happy. I, I want to change my life. I'm happy the way I'm going. It's a, it's a journey at the end of the day. But I would say I'm more stressed than I need to be, which is why I said to reflect on what I came to. Hmm. So because of, because you're on this journey and you're pushing in such a way, that's leading to stress, which is on your mind. So even when even when you're not like directly working on yourself, thinking about it, so therefore that impedes on the ability to like be fully well, present and happy in the moment. Exactly. I feel that. Like some for me, and I don't know about you, but sometimes like I, I just stay up at night just thinking about all the different things that are that are going on. It's like I, I can't turn it off. Exactly, and that's why I started writing down all my feelings, and it's helped, but it's not always um it doesn't always do it the whole trick. That's why sometimes what I need to do is to go for a swim or something while I'm exercising. Swimming is the only thing that calms my mind down completely. Hmm. Why swimming? Because I'm only focused on surviving and breathing and hitting the end of the wall, banging my head every time. <laughs> you have to stay present when you're swimming. Yeah. When I'm running and stuff, I don't have to stay present as much. I can listen to music or anything else. But when I'm swimming, I'm, less, I'm stuck with my own thoughts. And because I'm stuck with my own thoughts, I, I can learn to become more present in that moment of focusing on, on the breathing and the pull and go from one side to the other. That's awesome. So 
Emmy, I want to uh, I want to talk about something that like I love talking about this with people who I believe are just as much into like personal development and working on themselves as me because I think about this about myself all, all the time. So I want to know what is your dark side? My dark side, okay. Um, the way I say my dark side is, is I'm all about efficiency and, and focusing on the mission more than anything else. And I'm like, people slowing me down when I want to get them out of my life and move in faster because to me, it comes down to the law of association. And I don't want the universe to associate, well, settling. I don't like people to settle, basically. Like, it doesn't matter where you go in life, with higher levels, people will settle. And I don't want the universe to associate where I think it's okay to settle. So my dark side is, I don't think I can ever stop. People say, well, do you want to retire? And I joke I want to retire, but honestly, I don't think I could, because that means to me I'm settling, and I don't never want to settle. If I settle in one place, I'm going to settle in most places. And I really don't want to settle, because where's the joy in that? The joy for me is in the growth and the challenge. But why is that your dark side? Because sometimes it um, causes strains even on friendships and relationships even. And even my own family, well, my family actually, um, that's a very dark story in itself, but I don't even speak to my own family because they, one, they're ripping off a lot of money, but two, which is the right thing to get rid of them in that case. But two is I don't, I don't think most people understand me and I don't understand most people. I can't relate to most, the average person. To me, it's all about the focus and going and hitting the mission. And to me, it, it brought me a lot of problems, but it's also brought me a lot of joy. And to me, I'm like, what is really the most important thing to me is to always ask myself, if I have to choose between this or the other thing, what do I choose? And I always choose, I want the growth and the challenge. I never want to settle. And to me, yeah, to average, I say, you know what, it's wrong in a sense to be willing to do go that far, but it depends on what you want and how far you want to go for it. I always say in life, everything you want comes at a price. The question is how the price you want to pay. Well, you want to go faster, the bigger price you're going to pay. It's automatically. So who, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. I was going to say, so who actually does get you? Who does what? Like who fully understands you? I, you said most people, you don't fully like connect with most but, people. Honestly, I don't think anyone fully understands anyone. But when I say fully understand, I mean, even an extent, a lot of people would like, okay, um, they say, look, you need to calm down and slow down, just go relax and just enjoy it. The moment and the present and enjoy with the other people i'm like that's when i know they're settling and i'm like look there are very few people in my life as i um i would say that actually understand that type of drive and work ethic i don't expect most people to understand the anxiety that i go through or the stress or the work ethic or the challenges and prices i pay it's not something i really talk about most of the time it's not really relevant and i think um a lot of people say it's an elitist attitude i don't think it is i think the reason a lot of the wealthier people associated with those who are wealthier more than anything is we understand each other and the prices we're paying. It's a lot easier to relate. When you can't understand it, then what are you going to talk about? That's true. So how do you go about, and I know you've done it a little bit, but how do you fully articulate that price? When I articulate the price, I just come to the question, for example, if I keep this person in my life, if I'm gonna sell, for example, or if I keep this person in my um, in their job, is this gonna help me towards moving forward towards my mission, or is it gonna take me away and distract me? 
That's literally, I make it a simple, I'm a very simple guy that used a very simple methodology. Nature in itself is beautiful and simple. It seems so complex, but it's really just a series of basic laws and the laws that just work in harmony. And that's what I try to do in my life is simplicity and essentialism. And mm -hmm. what I ask myself is, is it gonna take me towards my mission? Which is not just being successful financially, it's about being healthier. Is it gonna make me happier? Is it gonna be making me um, a better version of myself? If not, it's gonna distract me because I want to settle when I'd say, you know what? Or this is gonna cost me from growing my company or growing, my, get my health better. Then I've got to eliminate it. That's how simple I make it for myself. Well, it seems like, it seems like that actually removes a lot of the, the difficulty in, I mean, it's almost like a litmus test of, is it, you know, does it fit in these parameters? If yes, continue. If no, fuck it. It's out. Exactly. That's cool. So well, are you, are you uh, constantly like adjusting those parameters and like tweaking those things to fix what you're actually looking for? Yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now with my um, people, even who's in my network, who's slowing me down, who's um, actually making my life go easier. Because if you're slowing me down, then there's no point. At the end of the day, my goal is to have a life as free as possible and as happy as possible. That's what we all seek is that happiness and validation. And if you are taking my happiness away by causing me more problems than it's worth, then what's the point? And that's what I'm looking at in my company right now. My struggle is I'm buying these companies. Who, who, like, if I have any business owners run the company for me for a year, even do I want the headache of dealing with you for a year? Do I want the headache of dealing with your employees for a year? So, that is the litmus test as of right now. Mm -hmm. What do you think it will eventually like once you've, once you've grown past this particular litmus test and you're evolving, you're iterating, what do you think the ultimate litmus test is going to be? Like, what do you think the, the finality of that is going to look like? Well, what I'm trying to build is a system where one can get this down to exact parameters and T, like a business system even, as I like to call it. I would have someone who would um, like a personal system who would be able to do it for me and understand this. I would want people to be able to implement it for me. Whether that can be an AI assistant or whether that can be a personal assistant itself as a human, I want a system to be able to use the parameters and help me define the direction of my life the way it moves. So you basically want the system to guide you based on parameters that you set, but then do you challenge the system or are you like, what's that back and forth going to look like? Well, I'm going to reflect it every seven weeks. And after every seven weeks, I will reflect, has the system helped me get closer towards where I actually want to go or has it taken me away from it? The mm -hmm. reason I do seven weeks as well, because as I said, number seven in the um, nature, even the adult. Seven thing. I use seven deliveries. So seven weeks, seven areas of business, seven areas of life. Everything is seven. So does it move me towards what I want in the seven, or is it taking me away from there? And if it's taking me away in any area, I need to look at the system and reevaluate the parameters and how to tweak it. It's a constant game of optimization. I, I wish I could have a quite perfect system for one go. That goal system took me eighteen months to build, as I said. Yeah, I love. First of all, I love building systems too, and it would be really awesome if you could just snap your fingers and bam, system was done. It was there, ready to rock, totally complete. That'd be awesome. It would be, but yeah. I know it's not realistic. So I know I have to create optimization and tweaks, and I like to give it enough time. I think so many people want things immediately, but I like to make it definitive. I think ninety days is too long. 
like people say, what's my four year and five year plan? I'm like, I don't have a five year plan or four year plan. My goal is to take everything I want in four year to five year, put it into one year, and that's the vision. And then I just try to hit it for seven times, see how far I can get to it. If I do things correctly, I can hit it within a year. Hmm. So, Emmy, I want to be very respectful of your time. Sure. Um, and uh, I really do appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, I do have one more question for you. Then, sure. uh, then we'll wrap it on up. But what question should I be asking you that I just wouldn't think to ask? Okay, the question is an ask that um, I think to ask. You asked me about my story. I would say the one piece of advice that changed my life the most. Which is? The one piece of advice that changed my life the most is understanding, um, well, the way I say it is, is understanding people in, in a way that most people don't really understand people. Build frameworks about understanding people. Because everything you want to do in life, whether that's in relationships or business or anything else, a lot of people don't study enough time understanding how people actually operate. And even the word choices that we make, it, it comes down to that framework. Because if I take it like this, if I say to you, are you open-minded to almost anybody? Nine out of 10 people will say they're open-minded. It's a little crazy word. Are you open-minded? Yes. And you can even swap it to, are you closed-minded? And most people are gonna say no. It allows you to understand and move things in the right direction. Words is what changes your life. And understanding the, how the human nature works and how the certain words can influence that human nature towards where you want to go in a harmonious way for the benefit of you and them, that's the best piece of advice I can give anyone. Hmm. So it seems like the advice is to really understand human nature at the most fundamental level that you can and use that to work with other people in a way that benefits both you and them and gets everybody to where they want to go. Success. Yeah. Because I'm going to put it this way, whether you're doing sales, copywriting, you've trying to build friendships or relationships or anything. If you understand how people work, you can build parameters on who you can trust and not. For example, I would say humans are patterns and creatures of habits. And um, so if that's the case, if you know someone's going to steal $1 off you, they're probably going to steal $100 off you. Right. Or more, right? It's not like you think. If they can steal more, they're probably going to steal less too. It depends how much they can get away with. Humans are creatures of habits. When you can understand human nature and how to test that, quite again, parameters, you can, start not, um, you can now start using words and conditions to see how things actually work. Life is a series of conditions on the puzzle. That's awesome. Well, Amy, I, uh, I wish you the best of luck in, uh, in, in figuring out that puzzle. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to see like, the the progress in you know 40 50 years like what are you going to be doing then and in you know I, i'm so curious as to how your theories and in philosophies are going to develop over then so i'm i'm excited and um you know, i'm very grateful that you would take the time today to share them with me and uh to uh to spend the time to to chat with me so thank you very much thank you so much for the questions as well i enjoyed it thank you thank you and uh, thank you to everybody who's watching listening i will see all of you on the next episode. Take care now.